Welcome to Inside a Boat, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Jones. I'm your host, and I'm really excited about today's episode. And we have a lot of information to get through today. So I want to make sure that we have time to do that. So I'm going to skip the market data point portion of this, and I'm not going to share any data with you because I'm going to leave the thunder for one of our guests. And so, all right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, mortgage, mortgage rates and financing and all the things of why the why and the what and all of those. And hopefully we get some of those questions answered for you in today's episode. So Let's talk about our guests real quick. So one of our guests, we actually have two guests today. One of our guests is an abode broker. Um, he's been with us since he's the OG, actually. And we've I've had the pleasure of watching his, build, his business grow um, from the day he stepped in to now. And now he's like a super agent um, or something like that. And uh, yeah, Michael Dugan, how you doing, man? Doing great. Doing real good. Super agent might be a stretch. But, um. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I don't know. You, you're always busy, man. So, yeah. um, I can change that song. Super agent, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah super, <laughs> I'll crutch and crochet me a cape or something. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. So I think, no, but... Uh, yeah, so you've had a great. How, how's your year been going this year? This year, uh, it's been an interesting year. Um, some buyers kind of struggling with um, low inventory, uh, mm-hmm. and then also, I mean, just interest rates rising, and we'll get into that topic too. Uh, just kind of their buying power is kind of diminished a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, once the interest rates go up, you can't purchase as high, and it's just it makes you make some decisions as far as. Uh, what you want to do and yeah. what your goals are for so. sure, and that that's that's some of the conversations I've had this morning are interesting. Where it's it, the shifts are in real time, and so like someone might be going into their home search thinking that they have us at a certain number, and then that number actually is has decreased. Yeah, in absolutely. Terms of what they what yeah. they um, yeah. If you've uh, gotten your pre approval letter a couple months ago, it's mm-hmm. time to talk to your lender again right. to like reassess. How much can I actually afford, and what do those payments actually look like? Yeah, just with the uh, different interest rates going on right now. So, all right, so that's gem number one, ladies and gentlemen. You already got one piece of it. All right, cool. We're done. We're gonna do. Hey, that was really nice. Appreciate y'all tuning in. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. So, I gotta. <laughs> and we're out of here. I gotta get my next uh, guest. This person is someone that we've known also and worked with and for a long time uh, in the as a lender, and now he's like running the show and doing big things and has kids in school and <laughs> lots of kids being, lots a, of schools. being a dad and all the other <laughs> things and we've it's been fun watching you actually in your in your ascent in your career as well and and so pair marks up yeah i said marks up yeah you nailed it all right, cool. i know it's I got a lot of extra letters in there yeah, I wanted I wanted to say that real quiet because I know yep. that at some point in this it's conversation it's about to get it's about to get a little loud. So no, not loud. You're not loud. You're just no. full of energy. Yeah, it? there we go. I'm gonna try to speak slowly today. <laughs> no, <laughs> people can you know, and I actually listen to my podcast in one and a half speed. So. I know that's they they cannot this time. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it needs to stick to normal speed. <laughs> okay, so how's it been for you? How's the year been for you? Uh, also kind of interesting. Yeah, like rates uh, have dramatically gone up. So. For, you know, on my side of things, obviously you do decent amount of refinance side and then you do a decent amount on the purchase side. And the refinance has kind of dried up, you know, not completely, but slowed down dramatically. And then the purchase side is kind of around the same thing that you guys are affected by. And that's mm-hmm. that inventory. So 
I feel like I have this compounding and growing group of people that are pre-approved and ready to go, but there's just either they're losing out on offers, so there just isn't the inventory for the neighborhood that they need to and everything right. too. So um, it's just sort of pent up demand almost mm-hmm. uh, that they're there, they're ready to go. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, I'm having more conversations now as the months go by or even weeks on, okay, well, here's the new interest rate and let's let's talk about that number again. Um, and the ones that were pushing up against the the ceiling of where they were, yeah, that is starting to decrease that um, that affordability. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. Yeah, and do you see, do you, how do you feel moving forward into all of this with the refis? Because I know you did a lot of, you did a lot of refi last yep. year, right? Yep. I mean, I mean, yeah, last two, two years has been yeah. insane. Uh, 2020 and 2021, you know, for probably your average uh, loan officer, it was, 70% north of the business. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, when you look, when you look at the mix, um, and I've been doing very fortunate. I've been doing this for the last 19 years, just in this area. So, um, a lot of past clients coming back and it's just sort of, you know, you take care of them and, um, and then so disproportionately that became a lot a higher percentage of the, uh, of the pipeline that was going through. Yeah. And so just so for, I, I don't want to start getting ahead too far ahead and saying things without people sure. understanding yep. what they are. So can you explain to people what a refi, when we say refi? What, yeah, what exactly. So the, the great opportunity that in, over the last two, actually almost like two to four years is that a lot of people had the opportunity to get out of the rates that were, you know, a lot of them were in six to seven kind of high fives for mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. And now they were able to, uh, actually, gosh, yeah, in 2020, 2021, they were able to get down to, you know, 2.75, 2.875 on a 30 year fixed. Yeah. So a lot of people took advantage of that to lower their payment. Um, and some actually took advantage of that to get some cash out of their homes mm-hmm. in order to remodel them or to do whatever they need to do, um, pay off debt that was higher interest rates. So yeah, so that refinance really gave them a pretty awesome um, household, you know, sort of finance opportunity to really improve their uh, improve the situation. So um, it was it was great. But as soon as rates go down, and I've you know kind of noticed this over the years too. Um, we mentally kind of get stuck at that number. Like we never, mm-hmm. we, we don't ever want to see it higher again. Right. So that conversation has been a little bit painful that, you know, if you have a client at 2.875, but now they're moving uh, or a three, three and a quarter and they're moving somewhere because they, yeah. they got relocated, having that new conversation, knowing that the mortgage that they had isn't that old, having that conversation now going, okay, well you're at five and a quarter now or five. And, you know, for them to kind of have to process that and go, and then really having to educate them that historically this is still good. It's yeah. just it just stings, uh, you know, compared to the last few years. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that, that makes sense though. I mean, that that, that would sting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually yep. why I'm kind of staying. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not in a hurry to move. And then also, Dugan, if you if you want to jump in, jump in anytime. Sure. Like, yeah. Whenever you have something to say, just say it. Because um, I'll be asking you questions too. But um, anyway, and then also. What's your role and where are you where are you at? I yeah, so I'm at Home Street Bank, uh, which uh, you know it's a, a Seattle headquartered bank, uh, mainly sort of the West Coast as far as our, our presence. Uh, so kind of like Washington, Idaho, Oregon, Hawaii, California, um, and then I'm the branch sales manager. So it's great. So I do uh, a lot of my own production, but I the I have the joyful task of talking to people about sales, sales questions, loan structuring, um, and then our branch manager has to deal with personnel and mm-hmm. payroll and HR. yeah things that yeah. I don't want to deal with uh, at the moment so um, I, I kind of have the best of both worlds where I That's get to nice. do uh, my my fun job and then I, I help people um, also kind of do better at sales mm-hmm. 
No, that's really cool. Um, that's, you know, that's the, actually I was talking about that with another person I was playing hoops with this morning and, um, he's a broker, Josh Carlson, mm-hmm. Carlson, what's up if you're listening. Um, uh, but we were talking about just the, the levels that you get to, um, when you're doing the job and then you eventually get to mentorship and you get to, you know, helping other people do that thing that yeah. you do, you yeah. know, and that's, that's just a natural progression. Um, <clears throat> So what are the basic types of loans out there? Like, Dugan, what are you seeing out there in terms of the basic loans for buyers? Yeah, stuff? so, I mean, typically in Pierce County uh, and also, I mean, mostly Tacoma, uh, we're working, I'm working with residential. And so you're seeing, I mean, classic conventional loans. Uh, we're seeing a lot of VA loans as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly conventional right now in this market. Um, and then also we'll see FHA as, as an option too for certain buyers. Okay. Um, so yeah, part of this conversation, we kind of wanted to talk about like the different types of loans and right. who applies to them yep. or, or like what type of people applies to different types of loans and stuff. So, um, and then also, uh, yeah, that, that's, Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And that, well, no, that's, um, so you have those, te- and we're going to stick with those loans for the most part, because I think that, like you're saying, that in our market, that's what most people are using. And yeah. I, I'm seeing. Well, we do see cash account. sometimes too, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really part of this conversation. So, yeah. no, we, we want to help people understand A, what types of loans are out there, and then, you know, what ones do they, what ones should they use, or mm-hmm. what products yeah. should they use? Um, so, with these options, how would a person know which loan is the right fit for them? Like, how do how do they who what goes into deciding that first step talk to a good lender (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean that's one of the first steps anytime a buyer comes to me and and wants to buy a house i'm like hey it's good to know your options i mean because one buyer might be able to like apply to all three if they have like a veterans like it just depends Mm -hmm. so i mean if you have previous service or a family member in service like you might be able to like apply for a va loan which has a cool program or maybe fha is a better like program for them or maybe conventional just all depends on the numbers and the person's situation uh every scenario is different and so it's good to talk to somebody who can like put all the puzzle pieces together yeah i feel like there's i feel like there's a lot of because we were having a conversation this morning about that like I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't that are almost um scared is the wrong word but maybe um god what's the word i'm looking for intimidated mm-hmm. by the whole process absolutely and may it may not like be hesitant to be like hey i want to get in the in the in the home search process but then they start looking before they even know how much they can even yep. purchase and so yep. as we all do our eyes are bigger than our stomachs mm-hmm. or in this case our eyes are bigger than our wallet Yep. And so yeah. you start looking around, you know, on Zillow and stuff, man, I like this, I like this. And you, I mean, now all of a sudden you're not even managing your own expectations of what you can yeah. do if you have not sat down and talked to a lender. Yeah, you, you have to talk to a lender to like figure out debt to income ratios and credit yeah. scores and job history. And there's just a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's really powerful to talk, to actually be able to talk to somebody and not just go online and try to go to some no-name bank and try to figure that stuff out. It's good to like have somebody sit down, look at all the pieces and just, yeah, talk you through it. I'm always surprised when I'm the, uh, from the lending perspective, when when I I know that uh, sort of a realtor has driven around for sometimes days or weeks (laughs) and then they've never done the pre-approval and then suddenly they go oh well no i need the payment a thousand dollars less per month i'm like 
oh, well then, gosh, you, I'm so sorry. You should not have been remotely looking in that price range. Right, right. And so, that, yeah, I, I feel like that's, again, the, the conversations that you have about getting, you know, you get to know your client, but then really it's like, okay, so before we get our, you know, hopes up or hearts set on mm-hmm. something, um, you know, yeah, talk to a lender, get pre-approved. Um, uh, yeah, like with Michael, like has this great intro kind of email, uh, yeah. kind of looping everybody in. Which then that you know that kind of creates that team structure like like okay great we're all in this you know talk to Pear yeah. um, or talk to X Y Z and um, get that Paul going because then again it, it sort of protects your time which I think is important absolutely um, yeah. and it and it makes it so that the lender isn't the like heartbreaker of um, <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> yep. I hate to tell you but uh, this is what it's at and um, so I feel like that's a lot of what I do is is really just kind of try to create that 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 real world here's your affordability and then let you know and then i like to take it slightly one step further on well let's look at your household like i don't i do not dive into their household budget at all but i always encourage them to think about that like yeah you give me kind of a number that that's kind of your max payment because there's a good chance i can qualify for higher but at the same time it's no fun when literally you work to make your mortgage payment yeah that defeats so many purposes um and so then a lot of times they, they come back actually sometimes after a week of really thinking about it and go, okay, great. We think we can do this per month, 2,500, right. 3,000, uh, all these things. Great. Okay. Perfect. Now I know, even though I can approve you higher, I now know where you should end up. Mm-hmm. And then, then yeah, we kind of tag team back in again with the real estate side and go, great. Try to go into this, stay in this area. Yeah. Um, and that I think makes it enjoyable for everybody because then it's like, okay, great. We have this range. Mm-hmm. And then we have a dream range. Like, okay, you could, but now you really need to like be okay with that right. because this house checks all the boxes. And now you're okay, great. I'll go two hundred dollars extra per month because I know I'm qualified for it, and I know that I said I wanted to be two hundred dollars less, but this house is worth it. Yeah. Yep. Um, rather than the way around, going, nope, you were looking at a uh, six hundred thousand dollars house. You need to be at four fifty. Well, it sounds <laughs> yeah. And as you're saying that, what I think about is it sounds like the the tandem between the agent and the lender in that relationship is really important. Am I correct in that? And then how does that work? Yeah. And also like a big conversation is like buyers have money to put towards like down payment or just towards the purchase. And that's a tool. And we have to figure out how best to use that tool to put, Mm -hmm. make them competitive in this market where, I mean, there's closing costs, there's down payment. uh, And if there's any money left over, I mean, buyers, this is a topic for another conversation is Mm -hmm. like having a low appraisal guarantee. Um, And that's so important. I mean, and that's basically having extra cash after your down payment, after your like closing costs in order to cover a possible low appraisal guarantee. A lot of times it doesn't come up like appraisals come in at value, but at the same time, sellers are looking for that right now. And so in order to be competitive, um, like, maybe switching from a 10% down to 5% down mm-hmm. and yep. like how high can we go at 5% down? Like just having those conversations. Yep. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And then, and yeah, you know, you know, I've had this chat quite a few on quite a few buyers too. Yeah. It's again, even if they have 20% down, you know, do they qualify at 10 or 5% down should for whatever silly reason, the appraisal come in low yep. and then you have that kind of, okay, we have a plan B and a C. So great. Yep. They're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the tougher part ends up when it's okay. This is literally to the penny, the max that can contribute. And that is the minimum contribution for that loan type. You just know that at the end of the day, yes, they can buy a house. Yes, they qualify, 
there's not really any room for error. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those, yeah, you just definitely have to be confident about that house appraising. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, <laughs> they're, they're a little bit more stressful, but, but it's, <laughs> it's the reality of things, right? It's yeah. it coming up even with 3% down or 5% down is quite tough sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Another conversation I have with them, and this is kind of getting a little off topic, but mm-hmm. um, like say there's a house that needs some work, and maybe there's less buyers and you can be a little bit more competitive with it. Like, let's put less down so you can put that extra money towards those yeah. repairs. Yeah. And I mean, in five, like a lot of people are worried about mortgage insurance and everything too. And it's like, yeah, you're putting 5% down, but if you're adding value to the property and in say two years from now, you have what, is it 22% equity to yep. like? Yeah, 20 yeah. to 22. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you can knock that PMI off by having another appraisal or something like that. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, the, it's like, yeah, suck it up for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, you'll have a better property in the end yep. and are also able to get into it. So, yeah. I mean, these are all just like conversations and we just have to look at the big picture and like try to figure out things. I mean, ideally, I'd get you into the perfect house that needs absolutely no work. But <laughs> that's <laughs> not the reality. No. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not the reality. Well, and, and I get asked the same thing, too. You know, so the, the client to be like, hey, um, can I build in costs to do a remodel to that needs a new kitchen or whatever to? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, let's just put less down then. Like yeah. you, you hold on to that money. Yep. Um, because there are renovation loans and things like that that you can do, but gosh, they're just so much more involved. Yep. Yep. So then I go down that rabbit hole and then go, nope, never mind. We're putting less money down and we're going to hold on to that money. And yeah, we're okay with the mortgage insurance for a couple of years. And then yep. just knowing that we have a, a path out uh, after that would yep. be great. So let's let's talk about the different kinds of loans yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like who, who yep. they apply yep. for. Um, I guess we could probably just start with the most traditional, the conventional yep. loan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so like yeah, and again in this market, exactly what you said. Um, conventional FHA, VA are are kind of the predominant. Um, we have a little bit of USDA rural housing, which I can go into, but again, that's very geographically specific and income specific. So just because of that, it ends up being um, very few loans that kind of are done with that financing. So conventional, typically it's um, good credit borrowers. And that's really the, the, the main determinant because it's, it's, it's very sensitive to credit scores. So typically I see the ones going conventional are 700 or above credit score wise. Mm. Um, on a conventional purchase loan. Uh, if you're a first-time home buyer or, or if it's a couple and one of them is a first-time home buyer, you can do uh, 3% down, which is nice. Um, your mortgage insurance is a little bit higher because of that. And mortgage insurance, is, it's it's in different tranches. So it's 3% down, 5% down, 10% down, 15% down. It goes, it gets cheaper and cheaper, cheaper uh, because again, it's lower and lower risk. Mm-hmm. So conventional, I the, the main ones that come up again are better credit score and higher. And then, um, uh, and then again, also looking at loan amounts, right? And so, if they're looking at higher price properties uh, that are, well, now, gosh, you know, it, it got quite liberal. So it now it's over nine hundred thousand dollar house. You can still get a conventional loan, which is nice. Um, and then FHA. Just a sec. What are typical closing costs for a conventional loan? Because yeah, so in all reality, like, uh, in a fantastic question too, like conventional. FHA, VA, they're really not, like the, the set of fees are, are pretty darn 
um, consistent and common, uh, you, you know, uh, and every every single lender will, will be varied on what they internally charge as far as, you know, if it's a processing fee or an admin fee, loan origination, all that. Um, but then almost all of it is third, third party fee. Uh, now and then on like a down payment assistance type of a loan, which can be conventional or FHA, uh, that will have a couple of extra admin fees because uh, part of that goes to to the the, the nonprofit that's that's handling that. But um, but yeah, fantastic question because in all reality, the costs are if you're just looking at costs, so mm-hmm. not talking about the rate or if you want to pay extra to get a lower rate. If you're just looking at the costs, uh, those are pretty darn consistent among the loan products. Um, and then yeah, so FHA. Typically, it's lower credit, so somewhere between 600 and 700, even though you can go down to high 500s as, as far as a credit score. So it's usually reserved for that, and it has the perk also of uh, 3.5% down, uh, which is which is great. So then that's an also nice low low down payment. Um, and then being that we're in kind of the South Puget Sound area, uh, being near uh, Joint Base Fort Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have Bremerton uh, on the naval side, uh, lots of VA lending happens here, mm-hmm. uh, which are fantastic loan products. Um, and so we have a lot of people that are eligible for that. Um, and then so on the lending side, we love those loans because they're, they're nice and easy to do. Uh, they have uh, typically better rates than um, than an FHA or conventional mm-hmm. loan will have. They don't have mortgage insurance. Uh, they have what's called a funding fee. Uh, and that um, is all dependent on sometimes how much they choose to put down or not put down. Or if they have, if they're retired military, if they have any kind of service-related disability, which then they don't have this funding fee. Mm-hmm. So the funding fee is essentially a way for the VA to uh, to, to have this pool of, of money to to avoid mortgage insurance and all right. that good stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So VA loans are awesome. Yeah, that's, um, that's good info. Um, so there are some some types of homes that don't accept some of these types yeah. of loans yep. and why why would one home accept a type of loan or not yeah so i mean a lot of listing agents and sellers uh will state what types of lending that they will accept in an offer mm-hmm. um and i mean sometimes it's just cash they won't accept uh, oh any type of loan uh, reason being is that the house needs to be up to a certain standard mm-hmm. in order to be applicable towards a loan um, type. So conventional, like you'll, most homes will be like allowed to be conventional. Reason being is that the house needs to be in decent order, but I mean, it can have some peeling paint. I mean, it can, doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in my experience, uh, VA, like they're, the appraisal process is not as stringent as it used to be, but still they don't want any peeling paint on mm-hmm. the house. That's their biggest thing. They want things to be like, it just needs to be a house, like no missing uh, pieces of trim, like all that type of stuff. It needs to be in like a good solid house. Mm-hmm. Reason for that is like the margins are so low. If they need to turn around and sell that house, yep. um, they need to be able to sell it for what the person bought it for. Um, and then FHA is pretty similar to VA where it needs to be in pretty good shape in my experience anyway. Uh, Paracon has had yeah. a lot more loans go across <laughs> yeah. his desk than I have. Mm-hmm. But um, so sellers, uh, if they feel like their house maybe isn't like needs a little bit of love, a little TLC, they're going to say like, well, we're not even going to like go through this process where the lend like we get a buyer, 
lender says you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get this house like mm-hmm. up to speed. They don't want to deal with that. So that's why they're saying like, we're only going with conventional loans. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and as an experienced real estate broker, I can walk into a house and like, even if they say it's VA approved, I can be like, this, yeah, this, a, gonna, yeah, this isn't not. all the things. You can yeah. plan all the things out. Yeah, gonna, we can go down out. that yeah. path, but this is what's going to happen yeah. uh, once the appraiser comes through and takes pictures of yeah. like this shed that's falling over or whatever. And yeah. it's, not a bad, it's not a bad thing. I know it could be frustrating for some people or in, in the market if they're looking or, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like closing the transaction and making sure that you don't have to do anything, quote unquote. But there is a history of taking advantage of people in lending, like in the in, in the book Race for Profit. I'm reading about this actually. I'm reading a second time because there was a lot of information in there. But there was practice of you know just getting people into houses, and it needed a lot of work. And these were people that couldn't afford to do that work, or need, didn't even have the knowledge to do the work. And yeah. so I think that these these protections are in place for the consumer as mm-hmm. well. I think, yep. and I think it's a good and the bank as well, yeah. the, yep. the lending bank. That's um, lending the money, so I think that that's it's a good thing at the yeah, end so of the day. And yeah, so typically they they're doing it for you know health and safety as right, standards. But right. yeah, but part of that what you're speaking to also is part of that protection, yeah. right? That that's like no 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 it'll be fine we'll do a conventional loan they won't even <laughs> yeah. see this. It's like well that doesn't mean that you know a year down the road you're now not stuck with five ten fifteen thousand dollars worth of like right. critical repairs, yeah. not just aesthetics, right? Um, and so Michael's spot on where. Conventional, so that there's, it, it seems like there's tranches of what the the, the appraisers are looking for, and I, and the, the biggest sort of misnomer is that, like what Michael said was the correct part, uh, where I feel like there's some listings that are a little bit optimistic, like oh it's conventional. I'm like, well, you're you have three broken windows, you have exposed <laughs> wiring, exposed yeah. plumbing, yeah. one bathroom is half mold. A conventional appraiser is going to look for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. It's just those small nitpicky things that may just be okay. That's fine mm-hmm. um, because you might even have rips in the carpet, and conventional is often okay with that. Where um, FHABA will go, no, gosh, actually, that's a trip hazard. So, yep. Um, so they're, they're not far apart anymore, but they are just a little bit. And so, and also, kind of what you alluded to is like, yeah, you can go into a house and kind of see. I've multiple times volunteered to do that where it says conventional only financing and then I walk into the house with the agent and go, I am not seeing any reason why FHA and VA couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, and then again, it's that conversation. Okay, let's talk to the listing side, selling side. Yep. Um, and, if it, the, 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 and, you know, you walk through and I'm like, I, I can't possibly fathom what an FHA appraiser wouldn't like about this thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then it opens that up and go, okay, great, we'll accept that. Thank you for... But it's nice to have that. Uh, um, and sometimes I go into those and also I'm like, uh, conventional wouldn't even touch this. Yep. Because right. uh, it's that quickly. It's like, oh my gosh, no. Um, and so then we know, A, is this a house a pass? Or B, is it something like, let's just see what the appraiser is going to say. Yep. Yeah. And then everybody knows that if it's just two, three uh, uh, checklist items, let's just, you know, together knock those out. Right. Uh, and, and keep things moving forward. Or again, the renovation loan that I kind of alluded to, you know, can we do that and build in enough money to uh, bring, bring this thing uh, up to snuff? Yeah. Yeah. No. That can, like, the construction or whatever. Renovation. Renovation yeah. loan. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. that process 
from what I hear, is very complicated. Yes, and, and not quick. Yeah, it takes, <laughs> takes a lot of time. Yeah. And yep. uh, yeah, it's just, and also yeah. pretty expensive too. Yeah, and so it just needs to be all the pieces would have to fit together. It's a mm-hmm. seller that's not in a rush, a seller that blatantly realizes their house is not going to sell without, mm-hmm. without this. So I've done a few, but that's literally a, just a few because there's enough investors out there now that will be like, no, I'll pay cash and I'll, I'll do this work and flip yeah. it. Uh, and then they're not dealing with that. Yeah. Um, but they're, yeah, again, it's just that plan A, B, C, <laughs> maybe that's a D, um, uh, that, that kind of a program out there. And, and one of the things too that I want to make sure is sometimes the, you know, when it comes to condos, which is kind of a little bit of a lending hot topic at the moment, that can also determine financing because mm, a condo, absolutely. there's a VA approved list, there's an FHA approved list, and then conventional is a lot more um, sort of subjective. Okay. Um, so a lender in and of themselves can can go through a checklist and go, okay, yeah, this is this is conventional approved. But if you're listing a property that isn't on the VA list, it's not on the FHA list, well, then, you, you know, you, you're not necessarily going to be able to get a buyer that needs that financing, especially on the VA side. Okay. FHA has something called a spot approval. But again, that's, you know, that, that kind of has to kind of fit into a checklist. But that does help. Um, um, but not every FHA buyer is going to, you know, uh, um, qualify for that but va that's a little bit more of the 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 black and white and um and again i've gone through the process of getting condo complexes va approved but again that's a two month or so process uh through down in santa barbara i think it is uh, um the 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 hot office down there and you can do that and then that whole complex becomes va approved so which is great for resale yeah yeah but again it would take a lot of patience and so if you have a deal that they're like gosh no one's in a rush um, and let's 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 do this. So that can be done, but again, you're you're talking about adding a lot of time into the process. Okay. So if you live in a condo right now, yeah, and you want a bigger buyer pool, and you don't currently yes. have mm-hmm. FHA or VA, like, yeah. start that process. Yep. Like, yeah, no, I think that's perfect point. Where like where uh, if you're gonna try to sell, like, yeah. uh, try to start that process because mm-hmm. yeah, more buyers the better. Yeah, and then FHA it'll say if it was approved at one point, but it expired. A lot of times they just need updated budget documents, updated right. insurance documents, and not a lot of work. Yep. And then and now you're you, you, condos. Yeah, you, yep. you open up the whole buyer pool of, of FHA also. Yeah. Um, so great point. And that's what I said too. If you can have some forethought into it, uh, it's a great, great way to go. Yeah. Are there houses that don't get financed? Like, so are there, what would it take for a house to not get financing? Yeah, I mean, blatant repairs that are needed. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the roof is caving in, like he was saying, exposed wiring. Yeah. Um, yeah, just um, foundation, yeah. like, issues, just, like, blatant stuff is going to keep it from getting financed. And mm-hmm. then you have to go into either cash or private hard money, which yeah. is a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> it's also expensive uh, and risky too, but at the same time, like uh, there are investors that do it well, um, yeah. but typically a lot of those investors will use their own cash to, to do right. it just yeah. because holding onto a property can get really, really expensive while you're renovating it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's not like one thing that's going to keep it, but there's a lot of things that could keep yeah. it from. It's usually the, okay. again, it's usually the condition. The of condition, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then if you get into, um, so you know, you have the single family residence or the the stick built realm. You have the condo realm, but then you also have the manufactured home realm. Uh, manufactured home realm is also they're very different. Um, yep. You know, VA is not that difficult. 
conventional, it's really not that difficult, but a lot of conventional buyers aren't buying those. FHA, you now have to have a, an engineering certification for the foundation. So uh, manufactured home lending also sometimes dictates what kind of loans we, we try to look at. Okay. Um, and very tough to uh, uh, get a normal loan on a manufactured home that's in a um, sort of, it's, they've, they've turned them into sort of condos where they're on individual plots, but they don't actually own that. So it's not quite like renting a manufactured home, but it's, you own the home, but you don't own the land. And so that, uh, that creates yeah, yeah. a lot of other issues yeah. also. Yeah. Those. Uh, For sure. Yep. And they, and they come up that there's a few mm -hmm. different spots in Pierce County. And I sold one last year. Yeah. Some are VA mm -hmm. approved, which is amazing. Like, so some have already gone through that condo complex has chosen to go through that approval, which is so rare. Like that's yeah. very far and few between. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. What, what, what are some of the, so, Going back to Michael, um, before we start talking about mortgage rates and things of that nature, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen for like your clients um, on the finance side, like whether it's pre-contract or after being under contract, what have been some of the, the biggest challenges right now? Is it the shifting of the rates and then people having to, you know, change up their, their strategy or what they're looking for, or is it, is there are there other barriers, I guess, or sticking points for people right now? Uh, I mean, the cost of purchasing a house, like I mean, are like prices have gone up, so houses yeah, are costing more, and then also interest rates are going up, so yeah. the cost to like purchase that house has gone up even more because of that. Your payments are going to be more expensive every month, and so buying power is sort of diminished right now. So that's yeah. definitely something that's come up. Um, yeah, I mean, like if we're talking about like in like a VA buyer or an FHA buyer, mm -hmm. like there are some sellers that even if they have a great house have heard horror stories about it and feel mm -hmm. like that those types of buyers are not worthy of like uh. Uh, being considered. So, I mean, sometimes if you have, I mean, if it's a good listing agent, like they can talk to their sellers about that and they've right. got experience and everything, but there's a lot of um, oh, real estate agents out there that don't have that much experience with VA yeah. or FHA buyers. And so sometimes you as the real estate agent kind of have to educate in some ways as mm -hmm. well. And I mean, especially if you've been through the property and been like, I have done X amount of VA buyers and like, or like contracts and know that this house would be just fine. Right, like, right. and the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like there's a little bit of built-in bias against VA. Oh, totally. and, um, and I think it's a lot, a lot of times because it's zero down, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a, a reserves or a cushion or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. or it's again, being overly sort of, uh, um, cautious or, or, or biased against the appraisal process like yep. oh they're, they're right. gonna call out something right. i'm like if <laughs> yeah. you've been living here for 10 years without any problems have you kept up the home or whatever you yep. have why are you concerned now all of a sudden right like, they're right. not a home inspector like yeah. they're, they're not to that extent and yeah i feel like this is ultimate push up against it and yeah i've had to call listing side and just kind of walk through it a, a few times and but it, yeah it's an odd uphill battle yeah well and i mean the seller shouldn't really care as long as the buyer is able to perform. And yeah, so the right. last two listings I've had, um, one was FHA, but they their offer was great. They had a large low appraisal guarantee mm -hmm. uh, and they, they presented a great offer and they beat out uh, another offer that was higher. Okay. VA on the next one, like 
also 0% down, like they put in a great offer, they had extra funds to either put towards a down payment or like make that into a low appraisal guarantee, like they're willing to make this work. And so there are ways of getting those offers accepted as long as everyone knows what's going on. And again, they weren't the highest offer, but they had the largest low appraisal guarantee. And so they were able to get in Um, and they were planning on putting that money towards the purchase anyway. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you've got a good broker on both sides and understand what's happening, like it's, it's definitely possible to get those loans accepted. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm gathering as we as the further that we go into this conversation, I think about like what like the skill the skill level of the agent. So I ho- I hope agents are listening to this and hopefully they're getting something out of it <laughs> because I think it's good information and and there's a lot of different things that can pop up and I know that Perry you're you're known for being a, a deal doctor, quote unquote. Or <laughs> a, not not a deal yep. doctor, but like yep. you 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 you're known for like having different creative solutions around yep. financing and I know mm-hmm. that. And so um so that's a good thing, you know. I think that having the expertise on both sides, yep. you know, whether it's not only just the real estate broker, but also the lender, who mm-hmm. are they connected to? Um, you know, can they be creative? Like, I think those are all important things to to realize. And I think that because I, the reason why I think about this because I, you know, from an owner's perspective, I'm looking at realtors all day and every day on social media. I pay attention. I try to. I don't like go out like looking and headhunting or nothing like that. But I, I just see stuff fly across my screen and I pay attention. And one of the things that um, that's hard to parse out is this part, this conversation, this nuanced conversation of like financing and the other parts of the process and um, the partnerships that you have. Um, because you can say it online or whatever, like who the people know, but it's like, no, having this conversation putting out in the open, that's why I think this is a very valuable podcast personally. Well then mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, uh, Michael, your perspective and also yours is that is there a little level of uh, I don't know what the right word is like complacency or laziness in the seller's mind right now because it's such a seller's market that Hmm. before maybe when houses weren't flying off the shelf they would spend you know one two three four thousand dollars I'm just like hey we're gonna ahead of time Mm -hmm. make this a house that's a no-brainer for any kind of financing Mm -hmm where now they're like, I don't need to do anything. Uh, you know, th- they should be thankful that my house is on the market. <laughs> like, no, not quite to that bad, but is there a different mindset that you guys have seen that people even feel like putting any effort into what they do to their house now versus four or five years ago? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's a lot of sellers that are just like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sell my house and I want I want to have 20 offers and I want it to go for $200,000 over asking yep. price, which I mean, it's not, <laughs> the, I mean, Shocking obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously that's what you want. Yep. But um, that's a conversation I have with all of my sellers is that like, we've got a buyer pool. And I mean, right now you are only like, you only have conventional buyers that can purchase this house. If we do X, Y, and Z, which might be, $2,000, it might be $15,000, whatever, mm-hmm. you are going to open it up to more buyers. You're going to mm-hmm. open it up to VA and FHA. And you know what? When escalations come in, an FHA or a VA buyer can escalate up a cash offer or a conventional offer just yep. as well. And also that VA buyer might be a better buyer than that cash offer too. So mm-hmm. it all depends on terms. Like we want the most options that we can get so that we can make a good decision on what like who has the best loan, not just loan, but lender 
because I like as far as me being on the listing side, I want to get on the other end of a phone call with somebody that's going to tell me, yep, we've got all the docs that we need. Right. They're solid. Uh, they've got good work history, all of that stuff. And that goes back to like not just going with some like internet lender or something like that. I need to be able to talk to somebody on the other, other end of the line as the both the buyer's agent and the seller's agent as well. Yeah, that's that's good info. I, th- I hope I hope agents or people who are listening that may not know about that part. So like if you do go on a listing appointment, you are talking about like the potential buyer pool and absolutely the types of financing that mm-hmm. this house could potentially yep. um, you know be considered for. And a lot of times those repairs and or I mean, I will say like, "Hey, we'll just put the like listing price a little higher then." Like mm-hmm. and cover those costs. Yep. From what I thought, like it yeah. just it, it all depends. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, the my goal as a listing agent is to set up the seller to have like the highest return on investment, and mm-hmm. I mean, giving yourself the best shot of those multiple offers going up above above asking price. Mm-hmm. So, and we also see in this market too that well prepared homes are selling more per square foot than homes that haven't yep. like had the preparation. And also, well prepared house priced correctly is going to be off the market within five days. Mm-hmm. But a house that needs a ton of work and is priced high might sit on the market for a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, right. Which is like somehow, sometimes how I get my buyers in this market is like looking for those houses that have sat out on the market for mm-hmm. 10, 12, 13 days that maybe those pictures are terrible or hey, we uh, got we just got uh we just had someone this morning talk about how they got under contract on a home that was on the market for 18 days yeah yep. suddenly that became abnormal it know, is. It's <laughs> like that seller was probably panicking it's, it's still like, abnormal oh gosh, yeah absolutely yeah. right <laughs> like in this market yeah losing but that's kind of but if you have that perspective though mm-hmm. being around for yep. when it, they sat on the market for 30 days yep yeah uh, because i watched that happen yeah uh, when Ann first got in and uh you know like you don't you you don't panic and also if you have some of the data behind that like mm-hmm. in terms of um for sale to sold we have some some reports you can run yep. um and stuff like that but a lot of people may not have to they probably haven't ran them in a long time because nothing is sits on the market yep. for that yeah long anyway. and i mean i actually just got somebody under contract this week uh and she's super excited about it but she's gonna i mean the house needs some work and mm-hmm. she's gonna put five percent down instead of 10 15 percent down yeah. and she's gonna pay for a paint job after closing and yeah. like i mean we're doing inspection today there might be some other stuff yeah. that comes up on this 1890s house but um <laughs> there's nothing it's, it's perfect but mm-hmm. i mean yep. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i i mean I was able to walk through the electrical panel looks good. Yeah, that's uh, good. All, that's like good. roof was pretty new, some mm-hmm. other stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's work that's been done, so that's good, you know that. Um, let's let's switch switch well, we're not switching that much, but um, let's talk about mortgage rates and they're at their well, I'm going to let you st- I'm not I want to steal your thunder pair, but um, that's the only thunder I had this whole time. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to take it. It's hard depressing you know, everyone with their mortgage <laughs> rates. <laughs> So can you talk about what the mortgage rates are doing right now? What's yep. the state of the market? Uh, you know, the national conversation obviously is on the the inflation and all that kind of stuff. Can you yep. fill us in on all that? Yep. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think it was as of uh, XYZ days ago, we, we kind of hit the highest average mortgage rate since 2009. So they were hovering nationally right around five and a quarter. Um, and this is typically more, again, that conventional FHA or, or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, 
Um, sometimes FHA and VA have slightly lower rates. Uh, and oddly enough now, or maybe it's not odd, but uh, jumbo rates ten- are below conventional conforming rates. Mm. So you can still get jumbo rates in the mid fours. Um, mm. And so that's, but then, <laughs> then and, and actually, and obviously that buyer pool is increasing as mm-hmm. home prices increase. So Absolutely. once you do start borrowing more than, you know, in certain counties more than 900 and different counties more than 700 or so, just to round up the number, um, then you're in jumbo world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, oddly enough, those are actually below conventional conforming rates. Can you um, can you define a jumbo rate? Yeah, so, so jumbo, know, or jumbo uh, loan? loan is, you know, for every county and in, in every state, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are the quote unquote conventional investors in this country, they set a mortgage loan limit. So for the whole country right now, it's 647, uh, 200, I think. Um, and so, but then they also throw out caveats where while certain counties are considered high cost counties mm. because the average house price just is much above that or, or not much above that, but the uh, average loan amounts. And so the blessing we have in Pierce County, King County and Snohomish County uh, in this area or in this state is they're considered high cost counties. Okay. So now you can get a um, conventional loan, so still Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, into the 800s. And so that's, which has been a, a huge leap I think mm-hmm. it's eight. Again, I should have had, no, this from the top of my head, but I think it's like 870 something uh, max loan amount. So then, even then, you could borrow that and still only put 5% down on a conventional loan and still get those guidelines. Okay. The, the benefit of that is usually the guidelines again, like yeah. super streamlined. Yeah. You know, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice. But then once you go above that, then you're in jumbo world. And okay. that usually is private investors. So, Either your bank has a portfolio, their own balance sheet that they can put the loan on, or they do correspondent lending, meaning that they reach out to other providers um, uh, out there and you know that, that that buy them as pools, just like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac would do. And the nice thing that also kind of changed, um, and FHA has a little bit of those same loan amount policies. VA. I believe it was either January of 2020 or January of 2021, they went to, if you have full entitlement, which means that you've either A, never used your VA, or B, the house that had a VA loan on it is now already sold, so you have all this quote unquote entitlement left, there's no limit. So you could buy a $2 million home and put zero down, hmm. uh, which is insane, that's, that's, but that does happen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you still have no mortgage insurance, you still have a phenomenal well, rate. No- no PMI yeah, on that. No, too. yeah, none. Wow. And so uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. So they did their their the, you know the, the veterans are a, a big service with that because that that wasn't the case before. Okay. But if somebody, for example, relocates and they still haven't been able to sell their other house that has a VA loan on it, then you have what's called partial entitlement. So now you're starting to deal with max amount. Got so it. that's where if you you know if you talk to again your lender that that conversation needs to be there. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and so again, the, and the increase in rates, gosh, yeah, it's, it's been in the last 12 to 13 months, it's gone up almost 2%. So we were in like, you know, 3.125, 3.25, um, early in 2021. And now we're at, yeah, five to five and a quarter. And that's and a, a lot of that's like just in 2022. Oh yeah. And just this like year, just we've this gone up year. over a percent. So yeah, we were just since, you know, January, February and right. that's hard too, because that's, 
that feels like two seconds ago. It's only three months. Yeah. And again, you know, with the low inventory, the pre-approved buyer pool out there has been typically around for two to six months. And so that's night and day. So if those conversations aren't happening, you know, between the buyer and the lender or the lender and the realtor, that could be a really big shock. Uh, and, and and again, like my my always my my warning list is to always talk to the ones that are like, well, can we squeeze a little bit higher? That's usually that warning, right? That like, okay, wait, they're they're at their max. Wait, were they at their max ninety days ago? Oh my gosh, let's we need to refigure out what that max is, right? Um, and so it's so pertinent. Or again, that that household budget number that we talked about. They're like, we're we're only comfortable up to twenty five hundred dollars as a payment. Even though the bank might go, well, gosh, we would like to have a four thousand dollar mortgage, but mm-hmm. they're at twenty five hundred. Well, what does that twenty five hundred dollar buy them now? And right, so just right. that artificially kind of pushes pushes that down. Um, and so I, I cannot emphasize enough that those conversations need to be very frequent right now, mm-hmm. um, and also for there to be a, a, a historic perspective. And you kind of alluded this to this also with like seasoned agents kind of knowing what to look for in homes, knowing uh, all these things. Well, on the lending side too, there's history, right? And, right. and so when I kind of got into the market about 19 years ago, it was another refinance boom, but it was refinancing everybody into six point something percent rates. Mm. And those were fantastic at the time. And historically, they're still good. And yep. so having that conversation that these aren't bad rates, they're right. just increased higher. rates. Yeah, they're <laughs> higher than they're what you're higher. used to. Yeah. Uh, and so having that, rerunning the numbers, and, and, and then usually when the dust settles, everyone's like, okay, we'll be okay with that. We're good. Let's keep moving forward. But at least then you've avoided the surprises, and then you're going to have a few people that are that tap out and go, "Great, you know what? That that was a big increase, and I don't know if we can do that." Or they have to just kind of revisit that household budget again, or the house hunt. Going, okay, great. We were very specific to our neighborhood uh, or neighborhoods that we needed to be in. We might just need to be okay with, yeah, you know, spreading out that that search range. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the, and I feel like this is a interesting time right now that we're currently in because you mentioned calibration so you recalibrate to that to that yep. mortgage rate and one of the issues is we also have inflation happening yep. a war and you know things are costing more and home prices like so basically i'm asking you is the world going to end in like <laughs> 2022 like yeah not till 23 should... we're, we got a little so, while we have a war. So, so build shelters now yeah with all of, with all those things so is this uh you know do you feel like it's so what should we t- be telling our, our buyers and sellers or actually more of our buyers i guess yeah. if you will because of that like i know our realtors our, our folks are feeling the pressure of that quick turnaround of that percentage rate like yep. I know that you're feeling that, dude. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, both buyers or sellers and sellers are wondering, like, hey, is this going to crash the market? Like yeah. having these higher interest rates? No, it's not. Right. Uh, because they're the, not really higher. They just were. They were. Well, they they're it's they're that, higher, but, but also I mean, there's the inventory is so low, and I mean, we're going to have low inventory for the next ten years just because people aren't building enough right. housing. Like we just don't have enough right. housing, and so I mean. It's just interest rates are higher now. Yep. And so that kicks some buyers down a notch. And so hopefully this does what it's supposed to do and slows it down a little bit, at least the inflation of the housing prices yeah. to where, I mean, maybe it stays somewhat similar instead of That's like- That's thinking. Yeah. It has instead to be of, a correction at yeah, some point. Because I mean, instead of the last three years where like how in the springtime housing 
like would go a hundred thousand dollars over yeah, asking it, pretty like one out of every 10 houses would do that pretty quickly like right. it, yeah i'm just hoping that yeah, yeah. that slows that no, down a bit yeah and and i think too that there's there's enough sort of uh, lens or light on this whole situation when it comes to inflation, what the government's doing, what they're not doing. Um, that I, I, my gut feeling is that there's going to be a lot of emphasis on keeping, you know, at least mortgage rates somewhat at bay. Mm-hmm. And there's different um, mechanisms that the government can do on that. One of the things that they stopped doing, uh, I think it was last year, I don't think it was 2020, I think it was just last year, that they uh, the government was buying mortgage-backed securities. Yep. So when you talk yep. about Fannie, Freddie, FHA, these become into a securitized pool of, of billions and billions of loans. And the government sort of stopped buying that, but they have the ability to, to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I'm sure different mechanisms and levers that they can pull on that to keep it. And the great thing is, um, at least from my perspective is like, especially like the association of realtors, like it ha- they have a really listened to voice mm-hmm. in DC, which yeah, yeah. like mortgage lending, not as much, uh, association of realtors, well-respected, well-listened to. And so those conversations are happening a lot where, yeah how do we tackle this? And, you know, lending rates is one of that, the levers that they can work on for housing affordability and all yeah, these things. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's different, uh, whether it's in, in, incentives for um, not only affordable housing, but also on uh, new home construction, uh, getting that up to the inventories that they need to. Um, so I think that gives me the faith that we're, we're it's, it's not going to keep just going into this disastrous realm. Um, <laughs> and, and even too, like with the, you know, the, the conflicts in Ukraine and everything too, like that it's, it's really, really bad and it's really, really terrible, but we've also really persevered through a lot of really bad mm-hmm. and a lot of terrible things over the last 20, 30 years, even, um, and not just Do going, you? yeah, not just even having to go back to like world war one and world right, war two, like, right. no, there's, there's a lot more recent examples that we can go to that we've kind of overcome something that looks absolutely devastating because yeah. again, there's, there's so much global attention to it that, um, that again, I have faith in, in, uh, a, a process that I think will, will, will carry through on that. Mm-hmm. And I've had some borrowers and I've talked to agents that have had some buyers that just sort of back out because of this right now. Uh, the, and, and specifically the, the conflict in Ukraine where I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, it's, it is terrible, mm-hmm. but I feel like things will, will, will correct and will yeah. get fixed there. And so that shouldn't, again, I don't, I, the world's not ending. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, the world is yeah. not ending. And, um, and, and you can probably tell that I'm an optimist, but I feel like I'm a realist inside of that yeah, house, yeah, yeah. house also. Um, that I, I do feel like as much confidence is going on in D.C., there's there's still rallying around at the end of the day by the majority of everyone that's there to create this country to be safe and to be affordable and to all, all those things right. to be happening. Yeah. No, that's that's well put, well said. Um, and I agree. I think that we're, we'll get we'll get out of this thing. It's a mo- like I. <laughs> Anytime there's something bad going on, or not bad, bad's the wrong word. If there's a challenging time, say it could be anything. It could be like you're in a day or you have a, a tough conversation that you have to have that day or whatever it is that's happening in that 24 hour, in that section of time. It's it's a moment in time. Yeah. You know, like just taking yourself out and just realizing and zooming out and being like, okay, this is a moment in time. It's hard, but yep. it's a moment in time. Absolutely. And this time will pass. And yep. then we'll, we'll be on the other side of that at some point. What that looks like, you know, I almost envision it. It's, it's this weird thing I do to, you know, help me get through hard times because yep. <laughs> things can be hard. Um, 
So one thing I wanted to ask you about, because this is what we talk about in our it, when we talk about lending, and I was I came back from M and Disconnect, and there's a lot of conversation about moving the the underwriting process and and just the process in general, um, moving it forward. And there's a lot of tech companies that are working on this yep. right now. Um, so that when it comes to the point that a buyer almost looks like a cash buyer because they've you've done your due diligence and all that stuff up front because right now we go under contract and then you look at financing and underwriting yep. after the fact and it's just like there's a lot of people out there in the tech industry and just industry in general that feel like that should be done ahead of time. Yep. Is that something that you see coming down the pipe as well? Yeah, and so that we're seeing a lot more technology involved in some of the um, the automation of um, verifications. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now yeah. Uh, a person applies online and they can then give access to all their bank information. Yeah. And it's secure, so it's not like, yeah. haha, we have your information. Um, it's it's secure methods, so we can electronically pull, okay, what, what funds do they have? What are those trends and all those things? Yeah. Do they have odd, weird deposits? And then there's also so many employers now that um, work with an entity called the, the Work Number, um, and uh, I forget what company owns it, but um, and that electronically validates income. So okay. a lot of the big employers around here utilize that. So like you know the the Amazon's the uh, actually I just got an email this morning that Boeing is no longer using it, which is odd. Hmm. So they're pulling out of that technology. So okay. but again, there's going to be another vendor, right? right so there's going right. to be more and more vendors that go, hey, give us access to your payroll securely because there's gonna be different kinds of verifications throughout their life that needs to be quick and yep. can't possibly have to rely on a pay stub. Yeah. Um, so those things are taking some of that out of there. Mm -hmm. But then the tough part is when it comes to self-employed people. Yep. Um, <laughs> and again, there's computerized um, reading systems that go through tax returns but we've we see flaws in those because again they go okay well no that yes they put that on that line item but that and so that's where a human uh, underwriter or a human loan officer gets involved and go okay, no th this can't be that automated but let's do it ahead of time knowing that let's just speed that up another week or two before they start yeah. house hunting and so every lender has the ability to do a full underwrite on a buyer prior to them even starting the house hunt and then really it starts becoming subject to the appraisal maybe a clean title report showing, you know, like the, the, the transfer history of the, the property. And that's kind of about it because we've already mm -hmm. taken out all the other variables. Um, so yeah, so there's automated systems and then there's human systems, all of which can move that process yep. earlier. Uh, just like you're saying, so that heaven forbid, yeah, you're under contract and you, you don't really know if you're gonna get approved or not. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that does not do yeah. a service to anybody. And yeah, you, people can lose what, the earnest money. Oh, yeah. uh, seller obviously now, I, and I, I, I I probably just have like an opinion on this, but like I feel like a house that goes back on the market is slightly tainted, even though there's yeah. there's a lack of inventory. But then uh -huh. they're like, well, I was going to go fifty thousand above. I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, because you're back on the market, and, and we don't necessarily. You can tell us all day long what the reason was. Uh -huh. There's a slight tainting on there. There's definitely a slight taint. That's one. Yeah, buyers see an opportunity in that that yeah. spot. Like okay, this house. What's wrong with it? and mm -hmm. maybe I can get it under contract at yep. asking price. Yep, so, totally. Yep. Or I might have negotiating power like yep. to like get some stuff down. Done. And it, and it so. was all because the lender 
didn't hadn't done their due diligence. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's so many things that can be done. Yeah. And again, you know, kind of what <laughs> you were joking about, like the me being the lone doctor or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, again, like I have to take I don't know how many of those over oh, midstream sure. a lot of times where I'm like, I'm not quite sure what they were doing, but here's the fix. So let's yeah. everybody rally around the fix. Uh, but again, usually that pushes closing out. So again, that does a disservice to everybody involved. But you know, yep. usually people are human about it, people which have is to great. Move and yep, yeah, yeah. Moving trucks, logistics that yep, that or seller yeah. already being under contract in another house, <laughs> and then people like Michael are having to do it. Luckily, that's your Michael, take it from here. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's that. That's all really good information. I thank you both for for sharing and showing up and and, and sharing. I hope because this is this is a lot. You know, I think people have to listen yeah. to this in like two different this parts. Is, this is a lot um, because it's a lot of inf- It's a lot of good information, great information. I think people need to hear. But this is probably the part that I think people come here for most, and I think they want to hear the most. And it's a section called hot take. So, <laughs> this is what. Save it until we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, This is what. Do I need to add a filter to my? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's just. It's just. Um, I'm gonna ask you five questions, and then you both just answer. And it's a, you know, it's a this or that. Sure. And basically, you just yeah, off the top of your head, there's no. They don't know what the questions are, but I'll ask them. And I have one that has a, the last one that has a picture, and I want to just see if this is a thing or not. And. None of, no, no, none of them are sports related. No, no, none of them are sports related. Actually, they're pretty. They're simple. They're nothing too bad. All right, are you guys ready for hot yep. take? All right, cool. Mike, Mike, you got those that look in your eye like yeah. competitive. Like you're in the headlights over here. He already has ten possible answers. All right. <laughs> um, golf or food? Oh, that's tough. Actually, I'm, I, I, well, I'm, I'm bad at golf, but I love golf. But food, I, I'm so driven on food. <laughs> yeah. Like every conversation, uh, even with my middle kiddo, like we map out everywhere we're going to eat. <laughs> and um, mostly Asian food because I, there must be something in there that we're just like, uh, I think we have a goal of hitting up every Asian restaurant in yeah. Pierce County. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think probably food over golf. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to have to go food over golf, even though. It's an unfair question. It's, kind it of, is but an that's unfair kind question. Of point. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Would I rather... But I can eat a hot dog while golfing. Exactly. Like, <laughs> would I rather go to a really nice golf course or eat a really fine, like, meal? I'd rather go to a nice golf course. Okay, yeah. Mm. That's an overrun. Mm. But, like, at the same time, I... I mean, I love food. And I love experiencing food with family and friends and cooking food and that, like, the community that's around it. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. No, that's a tough one. That's yeah, good. That's tough. All right, cool. That's, that's rain or snow. Which you prefer? Snow. Yeah, I was gonna say snow as well, just because we don't see it that often. Mm. Um, and I actually kind of like driving in the snow. Yeah, driving in the snow is fun. Actually. Yeah. yeah. If you know how to drive in the snow, mm-hmm. you know. which food do you prefer, dinner or breakfast food? Dinner. Mm. Yeah, it's probably dinner. Even though I'm, I'm like, I, I could eat eggs at like every meal. And probably bacon and everything mm-hmm. too, but like, but overarching, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Dugan Dugan just bullied you into that answer. Well, yeah. well, I mean, he, he answered like, first. I skipped like, breakfast. I skipped like breakfast. Eggs, I like yeah. bacon. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, like a good dinner is so yeah. much better than a good breakfast. I love breakfast. Yeah. I love breakfast. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Early morning or late night? Both. 
<laughs> Sleep is silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm usually. Uh, it, it depends on the situation. Okay. Yeah. I don't enjoy sleeping in. Uh, you don't enjoy no, sleeping in. I have in. no joy you're, in that. Yeah. So you're you're an early person. You're yeah, early and it's resident. not like ultra early either. But I, mm-hmm. uh, if it's past eight a.m., then that would be oh, strong. that's on definitely any, sleeping like, in. Like, yeah. No, like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. anything past eight or so hours of sleep, I feel like I've completely yeah, I'm completely groggy. Seven's like my max. Yeah. yeah. I'm already number. up at yeah. seven. I'm yep. just like, yeah, I, yep. I can't sleep no more. There's probably. nothing better than getting up at like four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning for like a trip or to go golfing yeah. or something like that. That I love that feeling. You like that feeling? Yeah, yeah, I love that feeling. I kind of switched up because when I was in education, I was up early every yeah. day and it was just like... Yeah, about so eight, seven, eight, yeah. seven's yeah. like my happy spot. Yeah, that's that's when we get up is like six thirty seven. Yeah, six thirty. I'm usually my body is already up at six, mm-hmm. but then I lay around for whatever. All right, last one, and this is a old, this is a oldie but goodie. Is this a blue or a gold dress? Blue, blue. Oh, okay. I I, I don't know. I, there was it was. What, what do you see, Dave? <laughs> I say blue. Yeah. Like I don't know. There's yeah. the blue gold. There's the like people were saying gold, and I was like, well, "There is yeah. no gold." Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was a thing with the picture, but that that well, was a thing. Remember? Do you guys remember that? I remember that. Yeah. And then there was also the one where uh, what was the saying? Like, there's like that audio clip, and oh, half the yeah, people yeah, yeah. saw it, like heard one thing, <laughs> yeah. and half the people. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. What I should have done that one. Yeah. Maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Well. Thank you all for coming on. I appreciate you. I've taken enough of your time today. Oh, but uh, where can people find you? Uh, Dugan, we'll start with you first. And then, or actually, Pear, we'll start with you first. And where can people find you? Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, I don't know if my name will be anywhere, but uh, on Home Street Bank. And so it's Pear, more like I said, here in Tacoma um, or on Facebook. Uh, not that I have any uh, fantastic posts on Facebook or Instagram, but um, look me up that way actually works out pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I uh, my website address is substantially long, so we'll put it in the comments. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Don't worry, we're, I got I'll put all that stuff <laughs> forward down slash <laughs> yeah. dot dot. Don't, don't worry, I got you. I got you, man. I got follow you. pair for pics of Asian food. Yeah, Ooh, okay, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm all about that. I so. annihilated some dim sum on Saturday. Nice, mm. nice. Yeah, Dugan, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so website is uh, Dugan Homes. D u g g a n homes.com and then our instagram and facebook is also dugan homes as well so at dugan homes cool. yep well thank you for for coming on we could, i could talk all day great I mean, questions honestly. these but are good yeah no thank you and man. relevant i feel like that's what it too like they're uh, yeah they need to be talked about mm-hmm. yeah no this is all good stuff I, and i will yeah and next week ladies and gentlemen we'll come with hopefully some more com- info <laughs> and if you sat through this whole podcast in one sitting Man, you are Kudos. a G. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully you got a lot of good information. Actually, text dim sum to one of us. <laughs> yeah. And we'll give you a high five next yeah, time. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> there or go. suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Inside a Boat this week, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in.